It's Friday time, which means it's podcast time. I'm continuing our reverse season right here on the Jamco Talks podcast. Today, we're going to be having Game Bro Corey. You remember Game Bro Corey when we had a good old conversation about the whole wonderful land, the wonderful category of video games. He's going to be talking to his old pal that he has on his podcast, Level With Me, where Game Bro Corey and his friend Mike from the Collector's Vault talk about all that nerdy stuff. Talking about, surprisingly, the very strange world of the the dealings and the trading of all this, this Pokemon cards, this card revolution, the cardboard cards. Had I known that it would become this big now, I probably wouldn't have uh, sold them all back when I was a teenager. But anyway, let's get to our host, Game Bro Corey. The following is an SWZ collection production. everyone and welcome to a new podcast here on um whatever jamco calls this thing the notes i they're all messed the, up i don't know the, the jam cast jamco cast the podco jam sesh podcast anywho i'm not jamco if, if you haven't figured it out yet i'm game bro cory i was on the podcast before and today Jamco asked me to uh, talk to one of my buds about something interesting, and uh, I don't have a lot of friends, so I was like, hmm, who could I talk to about something interesting? And I figured, why the hell not invite my co-hosts of my own podcast onto this podcast to talk about none other than cardboard, particularly little holographic shiny pieces of cardboard that are worth oh. hundreds of thousands of dollars or pounds i i don't know his demographic <laughs> they're they're yeah. they're expensive big big monies for small shiny cardboards right that, oh, yes. that's your catchphrase on your channel right something like that uh oh uh it's a <laughs> uh the collector's vote is where cardboard is king like a pun on Cassius King, I think no cardboard is where it's at. But okay, seriously, guys, um, this is my friend Mike. He goes by the Collector's Vault online, and yes, he is very much into collecting Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and sports cards and memorabilia. I've known him for uh, a few years, let's say at least like five, and uh, you know we've been doing our podcast and our let's play channel for actually almost a year now that's crazy well wow. <laughs> yeah um but I, I wanted to nominate you to interview because I, back in the day i used to be really into Yu-Gi-Oh. i competed and uh I, I guess i dabbled in collecting but i i more or less was there for competing and you know i just had like a, a binder for like trading stuff and maybe selling here and there but um especially with the beginning of the pandemic and maybe it was from like the stimulus checks over in the United States. I know the uh, market for like these cards have really skyrocketed and it's really fascinated me. And um, I, I think we can have good discussions about again, just like getting into collecting as well as I, I do want to touch a little bit upon like, again, what's going on with the, the marketplaces with these cards and why so many people are so drawn to collecting them. You know, there are people who are just buying hundreds of thousands of the packs, like the original run of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! And it's quite fascinating for people who aren't that interested in it. I 
I, I'm quite fascinated by it. It's it's wild. So before we get too into the weeds here, um, Mike, would you like to kind of introduce yourself to the listeners? Absolutely. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Mike, and I'm with the Clutter's Vault. Uh, the Clutter's Vault is just my little like YouTube channel that I started. Uh, gosh, that was probably like about a, a little over two years ago. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to really share my love of collecting, uh, especially again, especially collecting like you know trading cards like Pokemon Yu Gi Oh because those are pr- the uh, primary ones I had in my childhood. I just wanted to kind of like, share like my knowledge um, and my experiences with cardboard. <laughs> yeah, he's saying cardboard, but with cards and. Uh, I kind of just like to show off, like in a way, kind of like show off what I have. But I like, I also, I also like to help people understand what they may have because I know that there's there's a lot of people out there that may have some collections of theirs from their childhood that uh, they uh, just don't know much about, and they get rid of them or they throw them away or they just give them away. Like I want people to to know what they have so that they can appreciate the cards they have and maybe even also develop uh, a liking for collecting and to keep and to keep collecting because history has shown. Over time, if like collectibles of, of many like shapes and sizes and colors and everything tend to appreciate in value over time. So, and, and uh, collectible cards is obviously you know one of the oldest things people have been collecting. You know, at least like in the in the most recent like hundred years with baseball cards and other like especially baseball cards. And uh, although I admit I don't have any like you know Mickey Mantle rookie cards or anything crazy like that. I've been trying to dabble more with stuff that I grew up with, especially Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! And, uh, yeah, that's what I just like talking about. And, obviously, I, I like to goof off every now and again and make a meme here or there. But, uh, yeah, the, the Clutcher's Vault, where cardboard is king, is just a, a fun place to uh, to take a look at stuff, maybe open up some packs and stuff, uh, open up packs, review cards that we do send out to get graded by companies like PSA and Beckett. I primarily just use PSA. And, uh, and yeah, that's kind of like a good little summary of it. <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what, uh, what I do, at least as far as on YouTube. You did forget to mention one important factor that you enjoy feeding, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon cards to your new puppy, Leo. Oh, well, yeah. Well, see, <laughs> to let people know, there's such a thing called PSA 1. It's a scale from, like, the PSA grading goes from 1 to 10, with 10 being the best, 1 being the worst. And so... When you have a whole stack of PSA 1s, you can either throw them in the trash, use them as firewood, or I just think I'm going to give back to the environment and give them, and feed them to my dog. And then he can obviously, you know, create compost with the waste. Then I can grow some, I, I, I can then grow plants and grow trees, which then can make more cardboard and new cards can be made. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure like the ink on those cards is good for like a dog's coat. Oh, in fact, it's, uh, it's good for changing your dog, your, a dog's coat. If you want your dog to have a, like a darker shade, a, like darker fur, just give him some cards with darker colors on them. Ooh, man, we're really learning a lot today. We're getting educated yeah. here. I know, right? Oh, by the way, everything I'm saying is not advisable. Please don't do this, so I don't get sued. <laughs> I, I would be the first time maybe someone sued a podcast. That that'd be great. Um, now, how long would you say have you been like collecting cards? Here's actually, I'm so glad this is a question because I actually was looking forward to making a video about this topic of how long I have not been collecting. And to, to and what I mean is, I, like, even to this day, every day, as I'm, I'm always just browsing things like eBay and stuff to see what's available to, for me to pick up. And I can't tell you how many times I come across, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't, I, I, I come across like just all these great deals and cards that, that have appreciated value so much. And I think back of like, even just a couple of years ago when these cards were much more affordable and it, it, it's kind of like, Oh, like, like hindsight's 2020. Right. I, I, so that being said, like there's, there's a lot of things I should have picked up when I didn't, I've only really gotten back into like really collecting. I would say like hardcore, probably the only like within the last like four or five years, like, um, like when uh, when Corey and I first met, and I was living up uh, in his area in Reading, I was definitely into collecting like 
like here and there like a few Pokemon cards, but I was also really into I was more into flipping. I just wanted to make profit. I wasn't thinking long term. So hardcore collecting, I would say the last five years. But like, like collecting and then and then flipping, I was doing that much longer. And the problem is, I wish I wasn't doing that because, yeah, the the like the the quick money you made back all those years ago doesn't compare to the amount of money you would have if you held if you if you held on to those cards. Even like back when I first started playing, uh, like Pokemon, it was. I mean, I grew up with Pokemon ever since it first came out. So. When Pokemon was around, I was only eight years old or nine years old. I wasn't thinking about saving all of these cards <laughs> or, or saving sealed boxes of Pokemon. It just wasn't Mommy, thinking. Mommy, I'm going to invest in this Charizard. One day I'm going to get it graded and it's going to be worth $10,000. Michael, did you do your math homework yet? Great reenaction. Yeah. We're, we're right <laughs> but, there in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh! But yeah, so like the main thing I'm, I'm saying is like it's just at the time like no one really thought, and no no one thought that Pokemon would be as big as it was. Even Yu-Gi-Oh, no one thought of it. Like no one really thought to hold on to these, or at least the vast majority of people never thought to collect and keep and like not and like don't don't open these packs, don't open these boxes. So I always look back on man, like I really wish, like because I, I well I'm I'm getting, getting ahead of myself. So Pokemon, I was around when Pokemon first started. Yu-Gi-Oh was when, like, I was at, I was at about twelve years old. This is like two thousand one, two thousand two, and Yu-Gi-Oh was great because I, I actually played the card game. Pokemon, I just like look at the cards, but I was actually you know, playing the card game. And the problem was that, like, by the time I, I, I like like two years later when I went to high school, my friends kind of just stopped playing, so I stopped playing and I stopped collecting. And it, I, it makes me think now, like, man, I kind of wish I just kept collecting and playing, even just for the fun of it. And and again, I probably wouldn't have kept all the best cards, but it's like in, in retrospect or in hindsight, I wish I was still playing the game back then. Like, yeah, sure, like, I, maybe all, all my friends in high school didn't play, but I could, I could still have, like, a group of friends that I, I, I could play with. And I wish I just kept collecting all those from all those years ago. But, yeah, I would say... Uh, Sorry, this, this answer kind of went. I was kind of rambling, but yeah, to answer your question, oh, no, like, it's okay. Yeah, but like hardcore collecting, like yeah, probably only like, like the last five years. Okay, okay. And uh, I, I don't know if you kind of like almost answered this with with your rambling, so to say. But what really made you start collecting in the first place? Let's just let's just focus on this last five year mark. Like, what okay. really pushed you into start? Like, almost collecting in terms of investments rather than just collecting for maybe just having a nice like oh look at my binder with all these hollow cards you know or maybe yeah, it's a little I, both i don't know no it was definitely a, a maybe a, a little bit of both but i would say it was definitely when i acquired my very and this is i can say it with confidence my very first like amazing big pickup especially long term wise when i was in reading i was at a, at a uh at a like a yard sale flea market area, and it was like apparently it was like one of the like the bigger yard sales or flea markets that Reading does. It's, it's like a once a year once a year thing. And I said, oh, I gotta get rid of this again. My mindset was pick, pick up cards to sell and flip for money. Of course, everyone's and, looking uh, for the grail at flea markets. Yeah, but I did come across like truly a holy grail where I found. I and I can describe it perfectly. It was a box that had like in marker. Like, like a cardboard box and written in marker on it was nerd stuff. And in it was like a, like a shoe box full of Legos, just random, like like random, like little junk pieces of like Lego pieces, of action figures. Then there was also a whole bunch of magic cards. And I wasn't really into magic. So those things, I, I think I did like flip most of those just basically to pay for the box. Cause I, I, I ended up buying this whole box, but also in the box were, uh, there was, there was no Yu-Gi-Oh, but there was a whole bunch of Pokemon cards, a, a, a little Pokemon binder, and in it were like some really good of the uh, the base set Pokemon cards. They were the unlimited base set cards, but still really cool. And among them were like classic Pokemon like Raichu. There was a Charizard in there. And I thought, oh my gosh, I really have to pick this up. And at the but at the bottom of the box, I found a first edition Blastoise, first edition base set Blastoise, like from the from the very original set of Pokemon. And Blastoise is actually my favorite of the starters. Like, I know, like, I, I love Charizard, but I, I'm a big Blastoise fan. So I saw this, and it was actually in, like, one of those, like, plastic, like, 
uh, like like little plastic slabs that come apart. Like it, it, they come apart into two. It have the, have like a screw on top to keep it like you know like uh, fastened. And I was looking at it. I'm like, wow, this card isn't. Is, is, well, first of all, just finding the card is incredible. And I thought, wow, this card is in great shape. Like I, 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 I really want this. And I so I, I was able to actually get this entire box for like forty dollars. And I I remember I like I hustled back to my car and <laughs> and I, I had to drive away because I was worried the guy was going to realize that he sold the, the box to me for a bad deal and chased me down. Exactly. You made the right move. Yeah, but so I was really happy, and I remember like just being so pumped, and I was considering selling it for money because I knew how much money was, nowhere near what they're worth right now. But <clears throat> excuse me. Um, at the next the next time I went home, I remember that I actually had my Pokemon collection, like my like like my old school Pokemon collection that I've always had since I was a kid stolen, or I I, I actually I was, it was thought to be stolen. So, um. I, so I thought to myself, well, I could try to sell this to make money, or I I, I guess it, it hit me right there, just because I, I actually I, like first ever acquired like such a trophy of a card, but a card that I actually meant a lot to me, said like like you know like uh, it had sentimental value. I just didn't want to let it go, and that's where I started realizing like all these cards I just got, like I I could sell them for money, but I just started thinking like, but I don't, know, I just didn't want, I just didn't want to want to let go of them. And it wasn't like a hoarder kind of a sense. It was a, uh, it was kind of like just me like thinking the future. Like, man, I'd love to give this to my kid. I'd love to show my kids these cards, as opposed to me like, yeah, I, I could sell them and make money. I wanna, I want to truly and properly collect these cards and not get rid of them. It's almost like it, a nostalgic thing. It was, yeah. Like, I, I, so I thought maybe I'll sell some things, but I want to keep the ones that I want. So. That after that, I think it, it definitely started like a trend where I, as I was going to like uh, pick to pick up cards or buy them or trade or trade for them for people at the card shop, I was definitely trying to. I started a I started a binder where I, it was like whatever goes in this binder does not leave it. So that's kind of like what I was say kickstarted where now I'm going to start like like building up my collection and acquiring more cards, still selling some because I do want to make a profit when I can, but I want to definitely you know, keep, like, they start truly building a collection for, like, the nostalgic purposes and long-term investment purposes. Right. Well, that was a great answer. That was a great find uh, for those of you who don't know that. I mean, if you're talking about, like, maybe five years ago, like, those cards were already at least, like, 15 to maybe 20 years old. So especially yeah. finding any of them in, like, really good condition was was great. And, um, you know, like we kind of mentioned up front, like a lot of these cards are really appreciated in value. It's it's ridiculous how much some of these cards are individually, especially when they get graded and they're graded a very high level. It's uh, it's very fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. Um, This, this kind of ties to what you were just talking about. And this is kind of like a two-part question. But I, I, I wanted to know if you would have to guess... How much do you think you've spent on these cards, but also how much have you made selling the cards? Oof. Man, that's really hard to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll be honest. Well, hands down, because I, I have made some big purchases in my in the last five years. Easily five digits. Um, I couldn't give you an actual number. I actually... It's funny. Another thing I was thinking about is back then i should have actually made like a spreadsheet to track all my spending like the date what i got what i spent and then i can always reference that in the future and say well this card is or this is worth this now and i spent this much money back then and i would know how much like how well i've done or technically how poor i how about poor i did if, if the card or the item went down in price right but yeah definitely uh definitely five digits in my uh spending spending and a potential profit especially with the long term stuff i want to say it's very possible that i might have reached six figures oh wow that's incredible yeah potentially i actually never really sat down and did the math 
like again, I I really really wish I, I I'm, I'm gonna go back and make a spreadsheet and see if I can like recollect from memory what I spent on stuff. Like one of the biggest things I know is I spent like seventy dollars. Like one example is I spent seventy dollars on a Pokemon card. It's a an Arcanine from one of the original gym sets. It's actually the very first time Arcanine was a hollow, and it was the first edition copy. And it was I'm like, wow, this card is so nice and clean. I graded it and it came back at ten shockingly. And that card is actually worth like a couple thousand dollars now. So like that that's one example where like that's like a three like, uh, potentially like a anywhere between like a two to three thousand dollar profit immediately, you know, because seventy dollars is pretty like set like you can say seventy dollars on the card, the twenty dollars I spent to get it shipped and graded. So you can even, let's let's even just be generous and round up to a hundred dollars, like a one a one hundred dollar investment, but then like a a two thousand dollar return minimum. That's 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 pretty good. Yeah, no, it and really are, is. Yeah, and there's been a couple cards like that that have been like that. And there's, there's even been some cards that I would buy when they're already graded. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take the risk of be grading the card and it comes back like you know like poor. Um, but there's been some cards like that where I've spent like maybe like a, a couple hundred dollars, but now they're worth a couple thousand dollars. So. Yeah, I would say, like, especially with my bigger purchases as well, I would say definitely, like, yeah, have definitely spent in the five figures, but potentially have yielded six figures. Man, that is really wild. I'm sure that is a shocker to not only me, but many of the listeners right now. And um, I, I think it's safe to say that, you know, people people's eyes are opened more if not, then if just hearing about the little snippets here and there about these like crazy Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards selling for astronomical prices, I I wanted to ask you: Do you think you have a like very simplistic way to kind of explain what's going on with the like card game market right now in terms of like the the Pokemon card like boom? And it's not that big with Yu-Gi-Oh, but some of the the base cards I know are also starting to go up in price. I will say that Yu-Gi-Oh is definitely like trailing behind, but it, it's it, it is there. Like people are starting to realize like how amazing Yu-Gi-Oh is as a hobby. Like, I mean, you would know this. I mean, so for for the listeners, I would say like the Yu-Gi-Oh GX series, which is kind of like the second generation of Yu-Gi-Oh. A lot of those cards have been really skyrocketing in price. Like, oh wow! I yeah, the ultimate that. that's cool. The first, the first edition ultimate rares. Actually, uh, our uh, our buddy Brandon. The last time I saw him, actually, it was actually at one of the Yu Gi Oh. I think it was actually at the uh, Nationals tournament in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, I think. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he was there. He was just hanging out and everything, and he was showing me that he was working on an elemental hero collection, like. Again, the Yu-Gi-Oh fans who are who are listening know what I'm talking about, and it was actually like a really impressive collection he was working on of trying to get all of the ultimate rare first edition ulti- uh, the the uh, the hero cards. And on top right now, he did very well because those cards have gone up in price tremendously. So, uh, and obviously, the original Yu-Gi-Oh is also like is really going up there. Like the the very first set, Legend of Blue Eyes, is uh first edition especially is i think still undervalued and only now are like the packs the box like sealed packs sealed boxes and like the graded cards really fetching a premium but uh actually i'm sorry i, I was kind of tri- I, 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 there was a reason why i'm saying this can you, can you please repeat the question again i just want to make sure i uh oh no by all means it's okay uh i initially i wanted you to kind of explain if you could like simplistically like oh, what's going like, on and like why like this, oh, gotcha, I, yeah. I mean, I don't, it, it's a hard question to ask kind of, but maybe no, 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 you, no, you it, could give like the listeners who are maybe are unfamiliar with this some more insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that's what I was leading up to. So that's, that's Yu-Gi-Oh and right now Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and even things like magic are definitely experiencing, which it's something just like what happened in the, I think it was in the late 80s and early 90s. It's the baseball boom. So, <clears throat> baseball cards, I've been, have, like sports cards, have been around, been around forever. And back, like when our parents were younger, you know, they had baseball cards and they, but, and they had like players, like from like the 50s and 60s, 
like they were like like some of the like all time great players that they loved to hear about and learn about. Their cards were kind of cool to collect, and then even in the seventies, they were starting to get some. There there were some players. Um, eighties, then the eighties rolled around, and then when the nineties rolled around, that generation, like our generation of parents, when they when when their nineties hit, now they're all grown up. They all have money. They have real jobs, and they want to buy their their childhood back. And there was a big boom in baseball cards back then because now that people could actually like afford things, they said, "Well, I want to buy the baseball cards that I could never afford when I was a kid." And that did create a big boom in collecting baseball cards. So, like again, like things like Mickey Mantle rookie cards. Uh, that, that that was like one that's like one of the more one of the big, the big prime examples and stuff. Um, and now our generation grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s, so we had things like Magic, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! And there's, there's other card games, too, but like they're the big three. And I would say in the late 2010s, like, you know, like, you know, over the last five years, I think there's been, like, you know, it's been kind of like a roller coaster with, you know, card prices, but then just especially over the last, like, year, even before the pandemic, there was a bit of, like, a like you know, just cards have been, healthily uh, in a, like growing in a very very healthy way but i definitely think that we had another big boom over the last like again so many years because now our generation are starting to get to the late 20s early 30s and they want to now and people are people are out of, out of college or, or, or just working in general and again they have big boy and big girl jobs and they want to buy back the cards they people who like pokemon and you and all that stuff they want to buy back the cards that they can never afford and then, especially within the last year, we've seen a huge skyrocket in price and demand for cards because I think of the pandemic, specifically because of all, at least as far as like I know, with, with the United States. Because in the United States, we got our stimulus checks, and although there are definitely a lot of people out there who probably put that to good use for their personal, you know, like for their their families and stuff, there were a lot of people who received these checks who did not really need the money, and so. They put that towards shiny cardboard, and I know that Hooray. might sound ridiculous. <laughs> I know that might sound ridiculous, but it's the truth. It and is. Even like, even like uh, the most recent stimulus check that we got, there were people like on Facebook saying, "Yo, guys, what are you spending your your check on? Like, like what card are we buying out? Like, it's." It's... I, I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate on that story, and I will say I agree people should probably have used that money responsibly but at the same time i think the idea behind giving everyone in the united states a stimulus check was kind of to just um what's the money back in the market yeah yeah kind of just money back in the economy exactly (laughs) yeah just try to get the economy booming again because with the pandemic obviously a lot of economies especially the united states one really took a turn for the worse so it doesn't that money doesn't necessarily have to just be for you know just like i guess food or utilities like uh, i know a lot of people including myself who use the stimulus checks to buy you know uh like not necessary things like electronics uh clothing you, like you said maybe even just some cardboard or stocks who knows yeah, it's another thing. People probably put this towards like I mean, it's not just cardboard. Like you know, people put it towards all kind of things like TVs, furniture, GameStop stock. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, I think that's definitely a reason why it's not. It's not. It's not even just cardboard. We're seeing this even with things like video game consoles. There's been a huge demand of people, you know, wanting to spend all this money on like video game consoles, like the, like the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X. I'm sure there are a lot of those, like as they call them, the scalpers out there who are just putting a lot of their, of their money towards buying multiple consoles to resell them at profit. Like there was so much money that these people did not need, but were but they were given it, and they thought let's let, let, let's spend it. You know, it's kind of the like, guess you could save it or I'll spend it. And um, there are a lot of people out there who who are, enjoy a hobby like this, and so it gave them a reason to buy cards that they couldn't afford before. Yeah, I I mean that's absolutely correct. And again, I I just think it's very fascinating how this this boom took place. But I, I'm I'm kind of glad that you did tell me about that and kind of compared it to what happened in like the '80s with the the baseball cards. I th- I think that's a a great comparison. Very 
very good big thumbs up and it does make sense you know a lot of people are very nostalgic i think pokemon was definitely more mainstream than Yu-Gi-Oh, which is why specifically that market is doing really well i don't know a lot about magic but i i did hear on a podcast this one comedian was actually collecting the base set magic cards and i know they're also worth quite a bit of money like i i think they might be also like five digits for a card that's like in perfect condition you know i mean there's the infamous black lotus if they all want to give that a google and read about how that card is worth like is it worth like millions of dollars i don't think it's millions sorry about that can you please repeat that question um all i was asking was uh i was talking about like the uh magic like the gathering cards Mm -hmm. like um i was listening to a podcast where I think this guy was saying that he bought like some of the base cards for like five di- digits, and then I was just asking, I I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but like how much the infamous like Black Lotus card has gone for previously. Um, I haven't checked specifically for that card in, uh, recently, but I do know that like, and it, again, it all depends on like the grade and the type of card, because the Black Lotus had like multiple like reprints well i shouldn't say multiple they had a few reprints kind of like charizard like it all depends on which charizard you're buying but i would say like the creme de la creme the premium like like the top of the line the the the, uh the flagship card of magic the black lotus alpha who um you could buy a house with it yes well (laughs) i would say you can buy maybe two very nice houses with I, I mean like as in like these houses are yours now you can trade a very you can trade like a highly graded alpha black lotus for two nice houses there you go folks you gotta go out there and go on the hunt even though there's not that many which is why the price is so yeah. significant and again yeah. like you said like the the it just has to be like perfect like you just pulled it out of a pack of cards day yeah. one mm-hmm. and here's a little fun fact Pulling the pulling like a card fresh from a pack does not guarantee to be PSA ten. There's a lot of other factors that go into place, like centering. Centering is a big one, and that's why it's so hard to get a perfect ten. It's it's not just a matter of oh look the card doesn't look like crap. It's no this card has to have like no blemishes, no factory errors. Because again, like there could be things where like the card comes out perfect, but oh the like when the when the machines are printing the card, they you know, might have had like an ink drop, or maybe there's the like the factory lines when they were like rolling it through the rollers, like all, all kind of weird little things. And the other big thing is why why these like the original like again top of the line magic cards are so expensive is because like they were the first of first of first of their kind. Like they were the first time where there was like an actual collectible trading card game that that created like competition and like a secondary market for people wanting to buy these cards. But when Alpha came around, like like initially, like no one knew about it. No one even thought it was going to be a big thing. They were actually handing these cards out for free at conventions yep. to get people into playing the game. Yep. And I'm sure some people were like, "Oh, this is pretty cool," and then just threw them away, <laughs> which is crazy to think about. But it's the truth. And so obviously, even like quality control, they didn't really care. They're just printing them out and saying, "Oh, look, like yeah, sure, these all came out like crap, but who cares? Just print them in the packs and sell them. We just we, we, we just want this game to take off. We don't care about the quality." Nowadays, quality control is. I shouldn't even say it's, it's nowadays important because there's still. I'm sure people out there who are Yu-Gi-Oh fans. There's been a lot of really bad quality control in their uh, Yu-Gi-Oh department. In the Yu-Gi-Oh department, there's been a lot of really bad uh, factory errors in some of the most recent prints. It's, it's actually kind of hysterical. Those those sons of guns over at Konami, they're so focused on making their pachinko machines, they don't care about anything else. Yeah, and their video games. Oh, no, wait. They don't do this anymore. Yeah, what video games? <laughs> Essentially, can, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! is all Konami has right now. And it, it's, like, their choice. <laughs> so you'd think they would put more they would put more attention in the quality, but... No, they want you to download Duel Links and spend a lot of yeah. money on microtransactions. Yeah. And go and go, and go buy the Castlevania collection. Okay. I'm sorry, everyone. We're getting into our forte. We like video games. We do a podcast. Oh, yeah. and Sorry. We slowly transitioned into the level of me podcast right, right there. Right. <laughs> Let, let's ease back and get rid of the hate from Konami. Um, but yeah, it, it is wild to think that Magic started this thing and is still going strong today. You know, Magic is still releasing new sets. 
I know that Magic uh, online game. I think it's is it called Magic Arena or something like that. But I know um, that yeah. I, I know that's very popular. A lot of people are still playing that. And again, you can see like all these uh, online card games even copy the style, like Hearthstone and Legends of Rune Terra, oh, Shadow. Yeah. Like there, there's so many of them. You know, the oh, list yeah. could go on and on and on. But again, oh, yeah. Mag yeah, Magic definitely set like the standard for how a lot of card games design their cards you know yeah yeah exactly but again we're, we're pivoting a little too much into the video game talk we don't want to we're going to go back to just the card game stuff here mm -hmm. um so i, I want to roll back a little bit when what i was talking to you about like explaining how this boom started mm -hmm. and um you know i was saying how people like maybe they woke up like hearing how much money you can make from these cards and i wanted to ask you if you could could you maybe explain like how people could get like started if they want to start building a collection and, and you know like investing in cards um and sure. some some additional questions that maybe can uh give you some fuel is uh i put here do you think people should buy like storage and like sleeves or like you know different proper protection for these cards and also, uh, do you think it's good for them to buy maybe like bulk product or should they buy individual cards or maybe a little bit of both? What do you think? Well, I'll definitely say that right now is a really hard time to get in. Again, because of all like the what I mentioned the with boom. the stimulus text. Right now, we're in a bit of a boom. So trying to start a collection in like the big three, like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic is going to be kind of tough, especially because with, with Pokemon especially. You can't even get things at retail store pricing anymore. Like right now, if you try to go to a, any retail store, like a Target or a Walmart, probably even your, your local game store, most of their Pokemon products, like the newer stuff, is immediately sold out. It's, it's, it's actually pretty bad. So my advice for people who want to get started, I would definitely say start off small and like just like there, there, there's, I, I think there's multiple avenues you can take. The biggest one I think is try to buy sealed product. I know people like the cards, and I, I like the cards too, and I uh, know that there's like there's so much allure, like like the allure of the pack, the allure of when to open that pack and cry. It's kind of like that gambling sense you have. But I think if you can be strong, maybe just start like this is definitely good long term because it, it history has shown that if you buy a sealed box of like the most the most recent Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon or Magic set, it will go up in price over time. Like there, like 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 ninety five percent of the time, that product will go up in price over time. But let's say you just want to build up like your collection, like from the single point, like the single card perspective. Like you want to have, like just, like you you want to just start acquiring cards, you know, individually, like like specific cards that you know will also increase over time due to popularity or hype. Then I would say, start off by buying a a card binder, like one of those like a. Uh, I think Ultra Pro binders or something like uh, Target and Walmart sells them too. At, actually, at their card shop like location, they're in at, or at the, the card shop, at the, the card shelves. Um, just start off with a simple binder, go on eBay and just pick up some of your favorite cards. And they, and it's gonna be tough trying to get the old stuff. Like I'm not saying start off by just blowing money on like original Pokemon, original Magic, original Yu-Gi-Oh. It's it you're not gonna have a good time at that because like you you might not have the capital to start off with that. Start off slow. There are still a lot of like great sets in all of these trading card games that I think are still undervalued and are very affordable. It can even be some of the newer stuff if, if need be, you know. Like it, it, it's kind of hard to because I, I don't want to just pinpoint one thing and say, and I can't just tell someone to buy this, just buy that, and you, you'll do fine. I would say like it's going to take some research. It's, it's going to take some getting used to. Right. But just buy just. I think start off for, for long term investments by buy sealed boxes, just buy like and then maybe maybe even get uh, this. I'm kind of trailing here, but reach out to the community. There's plenty of groups on Facebook that can probably give you some advice too. Yeah, yep. and they can even tell you like where to go, what set to buy, reasons why you should buy that set. Reach out to me on on Instagram and YouTube. I'll gladly talk about it too. <laughs> I was just gonna say um, you're part of the community. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, definitely do that. Or if you want to go more into like the business sense, I would say start off by buying those cardboard, um, like cardboard. I think they're called like cardboard condos. Those big like you know cardboard boxes that have like rows that can hold like seven hundred cards. By buy, buy, but you can go and buy uh, rigid 
uh, well, you can buy card sleeves and top loaders. Never put a card in a top loader without a sleeve, people. Your card will bounce around in that top loader and get damaged. Put it in a sleeve, preferably even a penny sleeve, and then put it in the top loader. And that's one of the safest things you can do to, to, to preserve your cards in, like, bulk storage. And don't forget to glue it shut. Yeah. Staples work, too. Or hammer and a nail. That car's not going anywhere at maybe, that point. Maybe take a lighter and actually, like, melt it sealed. <laughs> oh, man. Um, my, I took your advice, and now my Charizard's on fire. I thought he would have been impervious to fire. His tail's yeah. on fire. Oh, bad advice. <laughs> but anyway. I, I, so, yeah, I, it, 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 it's hard to tell people how to get started, you know? Right. There's different, different avenues. Is there, like... Like, is there any advice you could give on, like, just going to buy the stuff? Like, do you have, like, any sort of, like, in the community, do people put up links? Like, oh, this Pokemon box is up right now. Go, go, go. Try to get it. Or do you recommend, like, trying to actually go to stores or calling stores, like, right when they open and being like, hey, did you get any more of these uh, boxes? Like, what is your, like, method to finding these products if you're willing to share? Sure. Um, definitely, I would always say, please de- definitely try to support your local game store, like the, uh, like the the like the, the card the, the comic book stores and the card shops. Definitely reach out to them. If it, like if you are someone who likes likes these games, talk to the local card store owner. Say, hey man, like, is there any way I can like you know put like a down payment so that way when the cards come in, I can get the cards fresh? Can I pre-order the cards? That's probably the biggest thing you can do is pre-order. You can go, especially now. You can just go online, go to the, go to the Game Stops, go to all like the video game websites, go to the the like uh, go to those websites, and you can see if they have pre orders for the latest sets. And I'm sure that's a good way to do it. There are there are also like some some of the bigger web websites for cards specifically. Like there's things like TCG Player, there's um, Troll and Toad. I'm just naming a whole bunch. And, right. some are better, and some are better than others. But, like, they're, they're great websites that specifically, like, they thrive in buying and selling cards. That, that's a great place to even, even, that's a, a great place to even get a feel for, like, a feel for what cards are going for, which cards are worth more than others. You know, definitely take all of those websites and see if you can find, like, a nice middle ground for what they're charging or for what they're asking for these cards. But, like, these websites, for these companies, they're a great a great place to reach out to to see if you can get to get to, to, to buy the cards or the product you want. Cause otherwise you can always go on eBay or something in eBay, you know, there might be some price hikes there as well. It all depends. Yeah. I, I, I'm happy that you actually pointed out like these other like video game store websites, because for those of you who don't know, like a lot of like GameStop or whatever the equivalent is in like other countries, they usually do sell like the trading cards like Pokemon yeah. and Yu-Gi-Oh yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah, like that, the Barnes and Nobles of the world. That's like a good they, point. Yep. Yeah, they, yeah. You, you, you might not think so, but yes, yeah, some of these places do actually sell this stuff. So just, you just got to do some research. I, I know. Even in the United States, you can go to like drug stores or convenience stores, and sometimes you can get absolutely lucky and find like single blister packs. Granted, you're not going to get that many. They probably only have like maybe six at a time, or not that you know. But yeah, you can drugs. find it. It's it's possible. Yeah, you might find like like a Rite Aid or something, or a CVS pharmacy. They might have a like a couple of shelves, but like a rack of a couple cards. But yeah, they probably won't stock a whole bunch. But I would say definitely go to the bigger like places, the bigger toy stores. And and I assume that you also suggest like going to if you ever see anything about like a flea market or any of these um, like antique places, like giving them a check just to see what they got. That's definitely a place that I would recommend for those who have some knowledge of what you're looking for, because let's say you do go to a, 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 like, yeah, like a, a garage sale, a, com- a community yard sale, a flea market. There are going to be people there who might actually know what the thing is. And this is why I think that's fun, because you might come across people who are just scalpers trying to make trying to rip people off by selling the, by trying to sell cards at ridiculous prices. Or you might have somebody who literally just cleaned out their basement and says, yeah, these are my kids' old Pokemon cards. I don't want them. Do you want them? Twenty bucks for the whole box, you know, like that. That and that might sound ridiculous, but like you never know. It might come. You might come across some really good steals. Those diamonds in the rough. So if you know what, what if you know what you're looking for, or if you if you just want to go on like a little 
treasure hunt. I'll definitely because now it's getting nicer outside weather wise. Yeah, go to yard sales and flea markets. You never know what you're gonna find. And even yeah. even if you can't find any of the rare like Pokemon cards, maybe you'll find that like one accessory for that GI Joe figure that you lost five years ago. And it's like, oh, I, I needed his helmet. I found it oh my in this gosh. random box. That's what my dad. My dad's actually really into that kind of stuff, like the figures. And it's and that, it, that's a really good point. You never it, like, like yeah, it's like, this is not just for cards. You can go to the yard sales and flea markets, and you never know what you're gonna find. So I I'm a big fan of like that antique and yard sale. Thing because I definitely agree is literally like going into an IRL loot box because yeah you never know what will be in there and sometimes you really do find some gems like oh my goodness they have this thing and look at the condition it's perfectly fine and it's only five bucks are you kidding me yeah because some people just might it, it, that's where their ignorance is your benefit you know that's what, and that's what I really just like. That's like Christmas Day to me when you come across somebody, and they're just perfectly happy saying, "Well, I I don't want these. I'll give them to you for a good price." I'm trying to think if there's like any other like shops that I could also suggest that maybe we're not thinking of to like buy like maybe like new products, so to say. Um, I would definitely say. Well, there's also the uh, what was I going to say? There's also things like the distributors. This is kind of like the next level is when you can look up and site and find out where these stores get their cards from, where they where they can get like their orders from. Um, a big example is like David Adams Card World. They're one of the biggest card distributors in the country. Um, blowout cards, like there's there's so many. As far as like actual like local stores, I would say yeah, just like video game stores, bookstores, comic book stores. Like, like your department stores like Walmart and Target. Um, I want to say maybe maybe places like Best Buy might sell them. I think they're they're specifically like electronics. Uh, I think Best I, Buy honestly, does have trading cards. I feel like I've really? seen them in there before. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Pretty much anywhere you might find like nerd apparel, you'll you probably oh, find yeah. like trading cards. So even yeah. like honestly, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think, I hope that'll help scratch the surface for anyone out there who's trying to think into maybe like dipping their toe in this kind of stuff. Like you mentioned though, like it is definitely in full boom right now. So it it's definitely going to be difficult and you might really have to assess like, oh, is this something now I want to invest into or, you know, I, again, that's for the, the listener to decide whether they want to do that. But yeah. I think you definitely gave a lot of very helpful advice for that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. It's never too late to begin investing and collecting. All I'm trying to say is you have to realize that it, it's all relative. You have to understand like what the time period we're in, how expensive these cards are right now. And you have to know what you can afford. Don't spend money that you don't have. It's probably the biggest piece of advice I, I can give people. Cause then you're just going to get burned. Start slow do it at a healthy pace and you will slowly you I would say if you can afford it take any x amount of money that you can afford to set aside every single week and just and invest that in cards that you like or seal product in cards that you want to like hold for a while you know walk around your local neighborhood and find every Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon card on the street even if it's got rain damage and just take that home and, you know, yeah. get like a, a hair dryer. Just just get that yeah, thing perfectly it. fine. Yeah, just throw it in the oven, turn the heat up. It'll dry out. Don't worry. I forget if I told you, Mike, but I randomly one time was just walking around Columbus, Ohio. I was there for a wedding and uh, I just stumbled upon like four like Yu-Gi-Oh cards like in sleeves. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. But yeah, like it rained like the night before. So they were all like damaged. So I'm like, oh, well. I mean, I can't keep these now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and there were some, like, Maybe. okay cards. Like, there was a pot of duality. It was the, like, battle pack, like, common one. But I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's kind of cool. <laughs> hey, I I'd be happy to find that. At that point, that that's like finding a dollar in the street, you know? Exactly. Like, oh, cool. I'll, and, like, oh, I'll pick that up. And yeah. even, like, the sleeves. Again, this is getting very, like, 
in the depths about like this kind of stuff, but they were like nice quality sleeves. Like they weren't like pro mate or pro mat, however, whatever you say pro it. Mat, yeah. yeah. But they were like, they, this was someone who had these cards knew what they were doing. So I almost felt they, bad seeing the cards. Probably, yeah. I bet there was probably like a big tournament wherever you, like, was being hosted, wherever you were. You said, I'm, I'm, uh, and I bet like that guy, if I just like dropped some cards right. and didn't realize it. That's yeah. A shame. Yeah. I know. Um, but I, I did want to kind of circle around, though, uh, like you were mentioning about the community aspect. I wanted to ask you, because I don't think I ever asked you this before, but why? what made you decide to actually make, like, your Collector's Vault channel and, you know, start this, like, community thing? There's definitely two things. Like, I was definitely into collecting, and I was thinking about doing it, because I, I was watching people on YouTube, and I thought, man, it'd be kind of fun to do that, but I'm a little bit camera shy, and... And I, I used to do YouTube back in high school. It wasn't. It wasn't. Any, it wasn't anything regarding like car, like cars and Pokemon or whatever. I was just doing like funny films and skits with my friends in high school. I was part of like the film club, so I knew how to do like some movie editing and stuff. Like it was just like a fun little hobby. But then uh, my fiance Amanda, she was talking about how she wanted to start a YouTube channel and kind of just you know do what was like you know what was kind of trendy at the time, where like she'll just rant about. Like, you know, modern things that are going on in the world, like um, daily events, you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, I said, yeah, like, babe, go ahead and do that. I think that'd be, it's fun. Like, just go ahead and do Yeah, I think, so I told her, like, yeah, just go ahead and do it. Who knows? Maybe you'll become the next, I, I can't, uh, I can't think of Logan any. Logan Paul. Yeah, there we go. Well, don't, don't be him. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe you become the next YouTube celebrity. Maybe it, it's something that you would not only enjoy, but people would love. And she tried it out, and I think it kind of just like she kind of just didn't want to keep doing it, and that, I mean, which, which is fine. But I said, oh, like I was trying to like tell her, like, no, keep, keep, keep doing it. And then I kind of thought to myself, well, here, I'll do it too. They kind of like show her, look, look, I'm doing it, babe. Why don't you do it too? Like, keep at it. It was just a little weird idea I, ha I had. So I thought, well, what would I even make a YouTube channel about? And I thought, do I just make them like little comedy skits or cartoons again? And I thought, well. Maybe I'll I'll do I'll I'll do content just like the people I watch on YouTube. So I thought I'll make my own collectible card channel, and it started off very. The more I think about it, it was very cringy early on because I uh, haven't done video editing in a long time. So I kind of had to like, like you know, learn to walk again when I was doing the editing. So if you ever go back to my original videos on the the, the Clutches Vault. Like I'm not even showing my face. I'm just showing like my hands, and I'm, it's all oh, it's cringy, guys. It's really let, bad. <laughs> let me tell you, Mike. I'm pretty sure everyone in the world has like three like first YouTube videos where they have no idea what they're doing, and yep. everyone cringes at them. Yeah, mine are pretty bad. I think they definitely come a long way now. But but yeah, that's what made me want to get into it. And it was funny because I was just kind of doing it at first. And my actually my first videos were actually talking about the original Pokemon sets to help help people. I because I wanted to, the first thing was I wanted to show people how to identify the cards you have. So that, it was just like a helpful little video that I wanted to put out there. And as I started making the videos, I just kept looking forward to making the next video and i was like i had like a little like like pad and paper like i'm like oh like what like what should i do next like i just had all these ideas i wanted to get and it, it slowly got back into me wanting to do youtube again like from high school but focusing on cards and especially because at that time i was like you know like three years into like hardcore collecting so i had like cards to use as references and i had and i've learned so much over those over those last couple of years where i just wanted to share what i've learned with people just to you know, just spread spread the knowledge, you know? And I was kind of hoping people would reach out to me and, again, to create, like, a little community. Right. And I just I just couldn't stop doing it. And then it just kind of became what it is. I'm not saying it's, like, you know, a, a million subscribers, you know, but it's, it's, it's just fun. And I, 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 at this point, I'm just doing, I'm doing it because I just enjoy doing it. Yeah, you're happy where it is. Yeah, it's a it's fun like hobby. Where it's, naturally growing. Yeah, and I have made some, like, you know, like, some, like, international friends and some, like, you know, people across the country, like, YouTube friends, I guess, and so that's awesome. I, I like how I've, you know, I, I've met people and I've uh, made some connections through it, so it's it's going very well. Yeah. It's not like, a, it's not it's not like a new career or anything, but it's, I, I'm very happy with, with it's a fun uh, hobby. going. Yep. And I, what I was gonna say is, I, I've seen these like connections w where you've been on Instagram. I, I feel like you have a good presence on Instagram with that Yu-Gi-Oh community there. 
as well as obviously YouTube, like you doing like collabs with these other guys where you kind of like battle with like who gets the better pulls out of the, oh, yeah. the packs and stuff like that. And I, I think that stuff's really fun. I like seeing that. And even do, doing like the little like contests on uh, Instagram and stuff like that. It's, it's all fun. It's all fun. I mm -hmm. like that. Also, before we continue on with the questions, I do have to shout out that I think my first ever YouTube video, this is probably when I was like 10 or 11. Um, and this video is long gone. This was literally my first ever YouTube video. I actually got, it was my first box of Yu-Gi-Oh cards that I ever opened as well, which was Crimson Crisis. Because, oh. it, yeah, it's a horrible set for those not familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh. But I really wanted it because when I, I watched the anime a lot when I was younger, and I was really into, I forget the name of the character, but he had this deck that were like the... Uh, sky strikers is that there or that might be a new archetype the black the, the black wings you mean not the black wings it's the ones who it's like those three machine monsters oh, and the re reactors the reactors, reactors yep. yeah and all the cards in there like for the reactors were all like very easy to get they're all like common like the harder cards that this guy had were like super rare like black salvo and dark strike fighter but anyways oh yeah the video the quality was horrible I don't even remember how I recorded it. I think I used, like, my sister's, like, really low-quality camera that was, like, pink. I remember <laughs> I I had a weird angle, and at one point, like, my family dog in the background, like, started barking. And I was like, shut up, like, off camera, but you could hear it. I didn't even, like, edit it out or anything. <laughs> and then the real zinger about the whole box is I didn't even pull a secret rare. I don't know how hard they were to pull back in the day, but like oh. I was upset that I even get a, a secret rare out of my Crimson uh, Crisis box. Oh, te oh, the tears are real, man. You should. I think the average is one per box. So I think you you were you got scammed there. We're not scammed, but it's just bad luck. Yeah. But did you pull a Dark Strike Fighter? That's all, that's I, all that really matters. I actually I got two, I think. That's actually like going to make... They were expensive back they then. They were very yeah. expensive. Yeah. So that was just your... That, I would say back then, that would be considered like an amazing box, getting two of those. <laughs> um, But but that kind of wraps up like the main questions I have for you. I, I, I got some, some fun little questions here at the end that I, I thought we could wrap up with. Sure. Um, First up, I would like your top three Pokemon cards. Now, these don't necessarily have to be your favorite Pokemon. These could just be you really like the look of the card, like the art on the card, or maybe just how the the, the foil is on the card. And I, I figured, you know, people could always look these up if they want yeah. the reference. Oof, my favorite cards ever. Three. I would, or just top three. Three, top three. Okay, so like, as in like, not like my favorite Pokemon, just the card itself. Do I, oh my god! You like uh, how the card looks. It could, it, it could also just be your favorite Pokemon, but okay. it, it doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. Here we go. Definitely, here's some. This might be. This might be really, really weird to people, but definitely, um, the uh, Tyranitar is my my favorite Pokemon, and I love the old school Tyranitar cards in Pokemon. It's the holographic Tyranitar from. Uh, Pokemon Expeditions. That was the very first time that the company was doing the e-reader series, like where the cards had like little like scannable things on the side. Uh, people who know Pokemon would know what I'm talking about. There was like the three main sets. It was it was it was Pokemon Expeditions, Aquapolis, and Skyridge. They're like infamous Pokemon packs. And uh, yeah, the Expeditions Hollow Tyranitar. I love the way he looks in that. That that card just looks really sick. Um. Let's see. Another one would probably be, I mean, like I, I know people are probably thinking I'm going to say Charizard, and I don't, don't get me wrong. I, the Charizard card is great, the original, like original Charizard. But man, I don't know. There's definitely a couple cards from the original base set. I might have to say score the. I I have to go with the. It has to be. It has to be this too. First edition or Shadowless Squirtle from original base set Pokemon. Because, uh, like people who know, there's there's the very first set of Pokemon called Base Set had three print runs, well potentially four, but mainly three: first edition, Shadowless, and the Unlimited series. And Unlimited had a whole different template, so the card had like different looks, as in, like the, the shading was different. They added the shadow, obviously. They uh, actually, in some cases, they moved the centering of the actual image of the Pokemon. 
there's, there's, there are a lot of minor differences. It was kind of like a like a revised template. But the Shadowless first edition, they use the same templates or the same color scheme, same everything. Just the Shadowless set does not have the first sets, the, the first edition stamp. But Shadowless slash first edition Squirtle, I just love that card. I I, I don't know why. The colors are really the, the, the great colors. Squirtle is my favorite of the starters. It's just he's actually using like his bubble attack and everything. Like I don't, I don't know that card. Just I love that card so much. It's really nice. A lot of the base cards are yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. And also, I'm, I'll give you some time to think here. Interestingly here. enough, I saw this on Twitter a few months ago, but actually a lot of those base Pokemon cards, they're like backgrounds or just these generic like yeah. pictures from the internet Correct. that they just kind of like slightly like altered. Images, yeah. It's really yeah, cool. Just, like just some stock images. It is pretty funny. <laughs> Oh man! And finally, another. This is I mean, this actually is really hard to do this on the spot. But if I just had to to say a, a card, I would definitely say from the from the team the the fourth Pokemon set because it was ba- it was base set Jungle Fossil and then this set which is the Team Rocket set. I think still a very very underrated set and undervalued. There was a card and it's called. Uh, here comes Team Rocket, and it's a card. It's, it's the very first time we ever had Jesse James and Meowth printed on a card. And I'm actually a big fan. I love Team Rocket. I remember when, when I was a kid watching the TV show. I thought Team Rocket was awesome. I thought they were funny. I thought they were just great, like great TV show villains. Like I think I just love Team Rocket. And that was the very first time they were ever, ever printed. And I do have a first edition holographic. Here comes Team Rocket PSA 10. It's not the most expensive card in the world, but it's just I, I just love that card so much. I'm actually looking at it right now and I do love it's the like style of that art is really nice. And the, the yeah, R like in the background, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright. Um we're we're running out of time here, but we have two more questions for you. Uh this one, hopefully it doesn't take too long, but what is your favorite Pokemon video game? Oh, that's that's simple. Uh, gold and silver. I play the silver version, but definitely the golden, like the like the Gen two game, gold and silver for the Game Boy Color. Hands down, my favorite. Uh, here at the level with me house, yeah, we're big either Gen one or Gen two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm not a Gen oneer. I I kind of am a Gen oneer, but Gen two actually was my favorite because I thought that Generation two, like the gold and silver games, like. It introduced how Pokemon have different genders. It it introduced uh, steel and dark type too. Yep, steel and dark type. It introduced. um, Well, I also just like how the game had like there are sixteen gyms in that game. (laughs) um, It introduced my favorite Pokemon, Tyranitar. Um, It also introduced like as far as the game too. That's because you have great taste, Corey. Oh, oh. Yeah, but uh, that game introduced so much, and it was just, it was just, it, it definitely took Pokemon in such a great direction. As popular as Red, Blue, and Yellow were, like Gold and Silver, which is that I thought they were just that much better. I also like. I mean, this is just my opinion, but I think the dogs are way cooler than the birds. Oh yeah, the legendary dogs like uh, Entei, Raikou, and Subicune. Yeah, they're definitely. I think they are kind of cooler. Well, I don't know. I, I think personally, I I still like. Articuno, Zabdos, and Moltres a little bit more. And this one, I know I definitely will get disagreed with, but I feel like I kind of like Lugia and Ho-Oh more than Mew and Mewtwo. I'm a big fan of Mew and Mewtwo, but I do like Lugia. Man, they're also good. I really like Mewtwo, so it is tough, but I don't know. I feel like Lugia and Ho-Oh are more like kind of what we see now with legendaries. Like Mew and Mewtwo almost were like their own thing. Whereas now yeah. there's always just the two like big cover poster legendaries, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, you're right because with like the original 150, it was like, I mean, it was it was Charizard and Blastoise on red, on the red and blue covers, you know? Or Venusaur then, on green. That's true. Or yeah, but then uh, eventually it was like you know gold and silver and onward. Yeah, the big the big like bot, like the two big legendaries. The poster onward. boy. Yep, exactly. And then last but not least. What's your what Pokemon would you? Bleh, let me start over. What Pokemon would go best 
on a pizza. Magikarp. If you have to eat a Pokemon. What? I guess Magikarp is a fish. And there, chop them up. Isn't there a whole episode about how you can't but, eat Magikarp? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Meowth tried to eat one and his teeth broke. <laughs> uh, well, if, if, too bad there's no meatball Pokemon. Otherwise, we put that on a pizza. Maybe maybe get one of those uh, Tauros and, you know, you just you put that. Or a mill tank. There we go. A mill tank. There we just, go. You know, we tur- figured it out. We got ham- to work. Tur- tur- just turn that mill tank into some hamburger meat and then you're good to go. Little little pidgey on there, yeah. Delicious. Well, Mike, thanks for sitting down with me and having this this great talk. I would like for you to briefly plug your channel and all your social media stuff. If anyone would like to pursue you and you know check you out. Oh well, thank no, thank you for sitting down with me, Corey. I'm really uh, I'm really uh, appreciative to have this opportunity to you know be part of. Uh, you're a part part of your friends, uh, you know, content like like so because it, it's different than us doing our normal exactly level whoopy content. Mm-hmm. But if you guys if you guys do like what I do, or if you did enjoy uh, listening to me ramble, you can find me over at YouTube and Instagram at the Clutter's Vault. Um, I'm sure you know we'll have inf- information for you to to, to find me. Uh, I mean, my name is Mike, yeah, and I'm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mike with the Clutter's Vault, and so Instagram, and YouTube is. I'm primarily just on uh, Instagram and YouTube, and I'm I'm not on like Twitter or anything. So, uh, yeah, those are the two places to find me. Well, again, thank you for sitting down with me, and I agree. Like, it, I think this was educational and an interesting discussion about how the trading card market is going and how people can start getting into it because I'm sure a lot of people have been seeing this boom or hearing about it. Like what, what is going on with that? Like, how do I get involved with that? Or aren't people making like hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. and it turns out, yeah, you can too. It's just yeah. might take a lot of time and money, yeah. but people are making money off Pokemon cards. I thought they only bought the NFTs. I thought people like the football and basketball cards. That, that doesn't make any sense. An old person would definitely not know what an NFT is if they don't know what a Pokemon card yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, my brain's shutting off. I clearly talk too much. Uh, before I go, I want to mention you can find me, I'm GameBro Corey, at my Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, GameBro Corey, C O R E Y Corey. And then uh, me and Mike also have a joint channel and podcast called Level With Me. Go check mm-hmm. that out if you enjoyed our talking back and forth and our silly, silly jokes. Uh, You're going to love Level With Me then. <laughs> we'd really appreciate it. And uh, that's all we got for you guys. Stay safe and be good to one another. And don't forget, everybody, cardboard is king. Time to